This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm okay, but I have, you know, some some stuff I got to share with the people, some advice, I guess I would say. In the past, I've claimed I want to start being a backwards hat guy, and I feel like I've embraced a little bit. I've, you know, started rocking it, feeling more comfortable with the backwards hat. Well, this weekend... I was wearing the backwards hat, and I got a horrible, the worst tan line you've ever seen in your life. I'm wearing a hat right now, so you guys can't see it and make fun of me. So just a PSA to all you runners out there who are thinking on these crazy, hot, sunny days, but wearing the backwards hat, be careful because it's a dangerous game you're playing. That goes back to like episode five. That's way back. Mike thought it was like a big deal that he was going to announce these backwards hat guys like congratulations mike uh and as always at the house of sav we got trent fontanella trent how you doing bud i'm doing all right i want to give some advice to michael and all the the people out there first off you're not a backwards hat guy or a front hat guy you adjust your hat depending on where the sun is right so you have to be adaptable um but boys i got something in the background on my camera i was just gonna ask i just noticed i just noticed it and i didn't want to i didn't want to ruin your intro uh so i uh I shattered my ankle on Sunday. Oh my! What God. the? F- I am officially retired as a marathoner. Chicago, <laughs> goodbye. I am officially retired as like a fun bachelor party friend for my bachelor party coming up this weekend. I uh, I got to head in. I had my first surgery. Got to go under the knife next week. They got to put some screws and stuff all up in the ankle. So, uh, boys, I'm going to be sitting in a couch. I'm going to be a couch guy. I'm going to be a car guy. I'm done with this whole activity thing. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just a podcaster and, and a couch potato now. Holy smokes, Trent. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Well, well what happened? Yeah, I was out there. I wish I could say I was, like, doing this crazy technical, like, rock climb, but I was just, I was just hiking. It wasn't that, like, crazy of a hike or anything like that. And about a mile away from the car – I just, I took the worst. It was almost just like you roll your ankle, right? I slipped on a rock and apparently it was the worst ankle roll I've ever had. I immediately felt it. I immediately heard it. I've heard that snap. I don't know if anyone has experienced anything like that. And here I am like a mile from the car, just laying on the ground. I'm going into shock. Megan is there. She's like trying to get me to not pass out. My hearing was gone. It was crazy. Like I didn't realize the hearing was gone until it came back because I heard the stream like rushing back and it just came through. And so now I'm on the middle of this trail, like a mile from the parking lot, trying to figure out how the hell I'm going to get back. Uh, it was it was an adventure in scooting, just, just scooting my butt down to get like through this rocky trail down the mountain. There was a couple attempts at carrying me. Uh, there was some hopping. I got pretty good at like the one-handed hop, but using the person next to me as the balance. Uh, and yeah, I got to say it was, it was the worst hike I've, I've ever been on. That's for sure. It's a tough mile. Holy shit, Trent. Trent, I don't know. You, 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 you are to say, 
you are now the poster child for peak too early. I mean, that is, I mean, I feel bad for you, dude, but you rolled your ankle on a leisurely walk through the woods. I mean, I rolled, I rolled my ankle and now I need surgery. Are you kidding me? Oh my I, uh, God. I never got hurt as a kid. And now here I am at banging my collarbone this winter. And then six months later, it busted my ankle. Uh, I don't know what happened. I mean, I guess I peaked too early. I'm, I'm old. I'm washed up. My old, bones dude. are brittle. I'm not having enough calcium in my diet, apparently. But I do, I do like to save these little, like, you know, these drops for you guys right in the podcast. We were talking right before the pod about people's weekends. And I was like, I'm just going to save mine. I want to get, I want to get the instant reaction from the fellows when I tell them that uh, my running career has come to a very, very, uh, you know, violent ending. Trent, so I don't want to make light of the situation because this is no, please do. Please do. horrible, horrible news. And I do feel bad for you. But was there any moment at all over the last couple of days where you thought to yourself, was there any second of relief that you didn't have to run a marathon and you didn't have to train for a marathon? Oh, that was like the very first, you, know, <laughs> you try to get those positive thoughts coming in. Uh, the very first thought I had was there's no, there's no running going on for this marathon. And like, I was not in marathon shape. I still had the dream, the goal of getting myself into marathon shape. Uh, not quite there yet. So there is a little bit of relief. I can now say I definitely would have PR'd at Chicago had I had the opportunity to run it. I was going to run Falmouth uh, in like, what, five, six weeks, mid-August. I definitely would have had a huge like Falmouth PR. Uh, I would have ran super fast. I would have went back. I would have been you know, flying high. But unfortunately, that, I, can't, I can't prove that to the world now. And is it your right ankle or your left ankle? It's my right ankle. So now oh, I'm going to have no. to get good at so like lefty soccer and stuff. And so can, you can't like stuff. drive or anything like that? Oh, I can't drive. And I had the stick oh, anyway, drive? so there was no oh, chance. I know God. I can't drive. I am. For how long? How long? You... It's looking like surgery's next week. And so maybe we'll get some, you know, Trent Rogan again on the uh, – <laughs> On the drugs they give me, but surgery next week, and then it'd probably be two months before I can put weight on. Oh, again. Trent! So I, mean, I got this giant boot on, and I can't drive in this giant boot. I gotta, I gotta get people chauffeuring me around. Uh, I live on the second story of an apartment, which sucks. It's like an old, like Boston apartment too, with the stairs freak me out uh, on the crushes. But my left calf is gonna be huge. I'm gonna be so jacked on my left calf. It's gonna be great. So is this your way of asking me for a ride this weekend? No, no. I picked a friend I like more for the ride <laughs> okay. to, to ask. So you were, you were down on the Good. totem pole there. <laughs> Dude, that's a wrap. That's a wrap for your running career. Like this is, this is, this is, this is it's over. It's, it's a wrap for like everything, right? So I asked the guy, oh, no. like, am I, <laughs> I don't want to be that depressing, but I asked the surgeon, you know, am I going to make a full recovery? And he says, you're going to make, you know, it's never as good as what God gave you, but it'll be a full recovery for a 28-year-old. So now it's like starting with <laughs> those little, you know, provisions on there. Like, yes, for someone who's not in their athletic prime anymore, it'll do pretty good. But don't expect to, you know, don't expect to ever run PRs again, basically. Don't expect to yeah, have, have any hop when you try and join like an intramural basketball league again. Well, I think I know our next YouTube series. It's Trent's comeback. Oh, and and we're gonna we're gonna play this clip of the doctor telling you that you're not gonna really come back to a full recovery. Next thing you know, smash cut to Trent 
you know, run across the, the Chicago marathon finish line at the, all right. So we'll, we'll brainstorm. We'll, we'll talk. We, we, we might need plenty a, of time. We, we might need to re-record it at some point to make it sound a little bit more dramatic. Like the doctor told me I would never walk again, doctor, <laughs> you know, just a little bit more dramatic so that we can, you know, make the, the YouTube clip a little bit stronger, but I don't know. I guess gentle Trentel is back. You're going to have to, uh, re, you know, make signs or something like that for gentle Trentel. Make sure people aren't roughhousing with you. I, I forgot about gentle Trentel. Mike and I, you know, went to college together. We're kind of at that age where a lot of college friends are getting married. So there's bachelor parties and stuff going on. And we had a gentle Trentel when I broke my collarbone last time. So there was no roughhousing going around. And it was nice to not hear Gentle Trentel for four or five months, but Gentle Trentel is back. <laughs> Gentle Trentel is probably back. way more back than it was ever <laughs> before. Cause this is that last one at least didn't require any kind of surgery. This one, this one's intense to me. This is by far my biggest injury that I've ever had. So, wow. All right. Well, I wasn't, I think over this 4th of July weekend, I wasn't doing anything crazy like hiking through the woods or anything. I did the most 4th of July thing of all time. I was down in DC you know, with my wife and uh, my brother lives down there. And we were thinking about what we were going to do on the 4th of July. And I said, you know what? We had all these plans. We were going to go. There was a hiking in the in the mix. There was potentially kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding. And I said, no, we're not doing anything. We're not doing any of that. What we're going to do is we're going to take a couple of lawn chairs down to the mall, the Capitol Mall. We're going to pack a cooler. We're going to pack a couple sandwiches. And we're going to sit on the mall in between the Washington Monument and the Capitol. And we are going to drink, day drink all day. We're going to have some food. We're going to toss the football around. And it is going to be the most American 4th of July of all time. And it was. It was awesome. It was relaxing. And I didn't have to drag myself down the side of a hill to, uh, to get to the hospital. What, what makes that sounds it amazing. So, it was. Okay. It was unbelievable. What makes it so difficult for me to hear that is the alternative to doing the hike was to go somewhere and just like sit in the sand and fish. My little brother has this like inflatable kayak that you can kind of take out to this little sand bank. And so we thought we'd do the hike and then fish. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, DC on the mall there, but it's, that's pretty American for the July. Sit your, your butt in the sand, have a couple beers and see if anything bites the line. So I could have had your fourth, Steve. I threw that away. I said, no, I want to do something stupid. And uh, I faced the consequences now. The, the D.C. mall might be one of the most underrated day drinking spots in America. Steve, a, a, without a, few, a doubt. Yeah, without a few a years doubt. ago, we discovered, the, you know, there's I, I don't want to give away any any big secrets here because I might have to copyright this. But a couple of years ago, we discovered, you know, there's bar crawls and stuff like that. We discovered the mall crawl. There's these little snack stations. Trent, if you didn't know, all throughout the the mall, so you know, can no. you can walk the monuments. And, yeah, they sell soft pretzels and stuff like, like that. Peanuts but and the, stuff. Yeah, but at Cracker these jacks? at these snack shacks, they sell Miller Lite and other beers. So you can literally just walk from snack shack to snack shack, grab a beer, hang out at the monument, walk to the next monument, go to the next snack shack, snack shack, and just spend your whole day doing a little mall crawl. No need to go to bars. No bar crawl. It's the mall crawl. It's awesome. And it's like, it's unbelievable. Nobody takes advantage of it. And I, I'll never forget. I think it was longer than a few years ago. I think it was like four or five years ago. Some, we were just like, Hey, I'm going to go over here and grab a water. And I went up to the window and I, I came back and I was like, guys, 
do you know they sell beer at these things? It's Johnson. And, that, and Matt, who had been living there for a couple of years, is like, what? And so we just went and we had a beer. And then we went to the next, we, I think we were at the, the monument. We went to the, you know, the, 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 you know, the Lincoln Memorial. And then we, we had another beer up there. And then we made our way over to Jefferson. We had a beer over there. It was awesome. It's so unbelievable. You can drink anywhere in that area, anywhere so you, near the monuments have to, on the mall. You have to be within a certain radius of this little have like, shack, I guess. Yeah, they have a little fenced-off area around it, but you get to sit there and you get to take in all the beautiful scenery of the National Mall. You get to see the, the monuments from right there. It's, it's amazing. Can, can you do it in a wheelchair? <laughs> Absolutely, 100% can do it in a wheelchair. And one yeah, of it's, pretty, it's pretty flat there. The mall, the mall's very flat. This is a, a perfect situation. A lot of concrete, right? Yeah, a lot of concrete. No, right. not many opportunities to roll an ankle. So, right. um, I'm intrigued. Yeah, pro tip for anybody in uh, in or traveling to to the DC area. Um, hey, before we get before we get into the to the news, I know we have a couple things that we want to cover. A couple things that I'm fired up about. I do want to quickly touch on a couple things. So I was on the phone with our boy, uh, uh, chief from bell lap and we were just chatting, you know, we like to catch up every once in a while, talk about what's going on in the running news. And we were talking about our, our, uh, you know, friend of the program, you know, one of our, you know, somebody we've had on multiple times, Annie Coons, who's now a USA champion. And we were looking at her score that she got at, at the, at, at the trials. And, um, you know, it was, it's important to realize that it was a PR, but if you take her score and you apply it to the 2016 Olympics, you apply it to the 2012 Olympics, based on that score, she would be a gold medalist. So all of a sudden, we have a friend of the program that was borderline making this team in the first place. Going into the Olympics is the favorite to win the gold medal. How ridiculous is that? That is insane. And I feel yeah. like the Annie Kuhn story from us is, you know, it's just not any friend of the program. You know, there's there's history there. There's the lost episode. There's a, you know, partnership with our guy, Chief Bell Lap. I mean, Annie Coons is is a best friend of the program. I That's say. right. We I totally forgot. We were, the, we were the we were the people that connected her with Bell Lap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Um, she came on after we just totally lost her episode, which was very nice for her. That could have been a nice, you know, sign. These guys don't know what they're talking about. She's in. Now, Steve, dumb it down for me here. It sounds like you and Chief did a little research here. And I should know this, uh, but I, I forget. Her score, is that dependent on any kind of competition and how they do in it? Or is it based solely on her times and her distances? Well, Trent, if you go back to the Annie Coons episode, maybe – Mike, if if you have that handy, I forget exactly who one, which uh, episode it is. But we talk about this. And I'll find it. Yeah, and it's not it's not relative to the other athletes in the competition. You get scored based on you you get points based on your performance in that event. It has nothing to do necessarily with with beating the you know the, the other people in that specific competition. And you know, I guess at the time we were like, hey, no, it should be relative to the people in the competition because that makes it more exciting for us but when you think about it it's really hard to compare um 
you know, one performance in one meet to another performance or even like, uh, you know, records or historical performance if you don't have a standard scoring system. So I guess, and, and if it wasn't for the standard scoring system, we wouldn't be able to say like she would have been the, uh, the gold medalist in 2016. She would have been the gold medalist in 2012. Um, we wouldn't be able to say she's the favorite going in. It would be a little bit more obscure, be more up in the air. So it is kind of cool, the, I guess, the way that they do the scoring system in that sense. I believe yeah, it's like it's like if you you know you run a mile anywhere your mark you can learn something about that mark you don't need to know who is else is in the race you can just see a time and kind of understand what that means it's the same thing in the, the heptathlon right you can see a score and if you know anything about the heptathlon which I don't know a ton about you can figure out you know, you can know something about that performance based on a score. Like, oh, that's a, a great time. That's a great mark there. I'm still scrolling here. I'm gonna find this. I am gonna guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess episode forty three. Let me see here. Let's see what I get. Let's see what I get here. Episode. Gotta get the stats and research team on it. I'm gonna guess. Yeah, I scrolled the whole thing. You didn't see it? We're going to find this. We're going to find this. This is great. This is great. Andy Coons, great episode radio. 68. 68. Okay. Probably would have been episode 43 if we didn't. <laughs> episode 68. Okay. Uh, you know what I did wrong? You know, sometimes you got to go down to see all episodes. Sometimes it just shows like your downloaded episodes or something. I don't know. But for whatever reason, 68 didn't show up for me. So that's why. It's I'm been. Looking. Kid's been doing a podcast for for two and a half years and still doesn't know how to work iTunes. You gotta you gotta hit the see all the see all episodes thing. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I wanted to say before we got into the news here is we made a massive announcement on the pod or on the Instagram this past week where we said that we are going to go ahead and we are going to sponsor a college athlete. Um, you know, based on the new rules in the NCAA that we're allowed, you know, college college athletes are allowed to be sponsored. I know Barstool's doing something. I promise you, whoever our sponsored athlete is going to get way more than anything Barstool's giving to you. So uh, we had people submit applications. We got a decent amount of applications. But what I'm going to do right now is this is part of the application process. Um, you know, I, I appreciate everybody that applied. You're all being considered. But I want to make sure that they're, they're true two crew members and they actually listen to all the episodes when they come out. So, uh, shoot us a DM, tell us that you heard this. Tell us if you were one of the applicants, tell us that you heard this. Tell us as soon as you hear this in the podcast, send it, send us a DM. What should be the code word? What should the code word we'll be? Say, um, I think send me, hold on. Say, say, uh, say the bag. No, say, no, say, do you like apples? Yes, yes. Just send us a DM saying, "Do you like apples?" And you know the you know the earlier you know the the people that respond to this quickly, the the earlier we get these DMs, it's going to play in favor of whether you're one of the chosen athletes. It's just uh, it's just you know one of the one of the many things we're going to be taking into consideration here. So, um, but what do you guys think of this? Oh. Yeah. So when when you first brought it up, I guess I didn't fully understand the like ncaa rule on that because i was i was like ah, man this seems like an awesome idea but i was like 
this also seems sketchy. Are we going to get some kid in trouble? Because I'm so used to, you know, when we were in college, they pound into your head. It's like you can't even go to a local 5K and take, you know, a gift card to, to beer works or whatever. You know, you'll, you'll get thrown out of the NCAA. So in my mind, my initial, like, the way my system is programmed, it was like this, we're, we're going to get some kid in so much trouble. And then I started doing a little research. I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is awesome. And because it's such a new thing, it's such a, a new rule, we're getting early to the game here. You know, we're kind of getting our foot in the door before anybody else. I, this is a great idea. I'm, I'm pumped. I, and I, I can – go ahead, Trent. Sorry. I said – I got to say I had the same reaction as Mike did. I had not been following the news on it. So Steve had texted us. He apparently – you were on top of it, Steve, because, you know, we got texts at like 6 in the morning that morning. You know, you had seen the news had dropped. And, uh, you know, I had – of course, I didn't see it right away. But then I'm like trying to research what actually happened last night. I'm reading like the press releases from the NCAA and the articles on ESPN. I was in the exact same boat as Mike. I was like, what kind of games is Steve playing over here? Like what, what kind of shit are we getting into? Needless to say, that made me love it though. That made me super excited for it. Yeah. I was like, if we're doing sketchy sponsorship things, count me in. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, whoever we bring, into the peak too early squad, whoever becomes the first sponsored athlete, we are going to be the biggest fans of your team. Like we are going to, we are going to follow your team so closely throughout the year. I, I mean, I, I'm going to throw it out right now. As long as it's not too far away, we're definitely going to a meet and we're going absolutely bananas. I'll tell you that much, but that's like, that's going to be my favorite part of it is like, we are, I'm going to be such a big fan of this team. No matter, depend, you know, whoever we pick, I agree. Do we, is it, is it open to all divisions, Steve? Uh, yes. So I think that I actually don't know the rules on that. I should probably check, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just going to throw it out right now where I actually, I, I yeah, I don't, I, I was gonna, I think a lot of these, whoever these programs are just searching for D one. I think it's more important that we get the right person, right? right. No yeah, matter what the division, if you're D two, it actually might, actually might play in your favor and and you know to this crowd right here there, but, there is a, a um, lot of love for d2 in this in this room yeah so anyways uh no but yeah send us the do you like apples um i think we are going to uh we're gonna we're gonna sit on this and i think with the three of us are gonna, we're gonna review the applications maybe we might even bring one or two other two crew members into the selection committee Ooh, to, like you know what I mean? I like, like uh, yeah, some, some of the diehards, I think we might need a rope into this decision. Um, so anyways, because listen, the plan is that they're not, not just us. Like we're not just going to be diehard fans of your team. Like the entire two crew is going to become diehard fans of your team. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm most excited about. We're, we're in a perfect position for it. Cause I don't think any of us have like a really true cross country allegiance team. You know, obviously we have our, our alma maters, but other than that, like we'll go anywhere, right? It's just not like we have to like pick another, allegiance, yeah. you know, baseball team in the AL East, right? Like that's not going to work, but we are like, we are ready to root for anybody. Yeah. Anyways. And we're going to hook you up with some pretty sick gear. Like I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about that part. So all right, Mike, why don't we kick off the running news? All right, so bear with me here because Trent prepared the show notes the first time ever, so I got to navigate his new little system here. I will say it's, I, I like it. You, you got 
you get the story, then you got kind of the headline, and then the link with it. So you did a good job, Trent. I will, I will say, nicely done. Um, Thank you, Michaelton. However, you didn't start with the biggest story. I like, usually like to go in order of how we're going to talk about it. So that's a little uh, feedback for you in the future. Um, we got to start with Shakira Robinson. So or Richardson, sorry. I mean, this story is crazy, right? This story is absolutely wild. I mean, if you haven't heard about it, you've been living under a damn rock. It, this isn't just a track and field story. I mean, this is on ESPN. This is on Fox News, CNN. This is this is a. I mean, the damn president was, commented on it, right? So, th- there's this is a big, big story. So basically, Richardson, after qualifying for the Olympic team, she's you know top of the world, unbelievable American sprinter. She gold medal her, favorite, probably gold medal favorite. You know. This is a theme for, I guess, our gold medal favorite 100 meter runners. She gets popped for weed and has now been disqualified from the Olympic team. Then there was a story where, you know, she was not chosen for the four by one uh, relay after that. So just so much to break down here. What do we think, gentlemen? So this one's, this one's really tough. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't even really know where to start with. I'll just start with this. Like, it's insane that that we're still testing for weed and we're still testing for marijuana. But I guess, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's crazy to prevent somebody from going to the Olympics on, you know, on a on a, you know, when they test positive for marijuana. It's it's not a performance enhancing substance. Um, I guess it is in line with the other professional sports. I mean, have the other professional sports started doing away with this testing? I mean, I mean, I baseball doesn't test for it. I, I can't imagine. Um, I know football still does and basketball still does, um, yeah. which is, which is both crazy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it sucks. Like it sucks that, that she's going to miss the Olympics and it's stupid, especially for something that's, that's legal in Oregon and not a performance enhancing. Um, you know, I did hear some, like, there's some weird stories about her, her saying like refusing to run on the four by one team if she wasn't the anchor. So there's some like weird stories floating around about that right now, but you know, just, it, it stinks for us to lose another gold medal favorite on something as stupid as this. Yeah, I think I think we're probably all going to be in agreement that it's ridiculously test for marijuana. The fact that it's only like a thirty day penalty from from WADA compared to the years that it is for PED shows they recognize like it's not actually uh, you know enhancing anything. So it's it's just so silly to have such a minor penalty there that that's going to prevent Shakari from going. Now the U.S. though, and I didn't hear that thing about the being the anchor leg. Her being put on that four by hundred meter relay, I think, is the interesting part because. That's not up to, you know, what like the U.S. is following their protocol, having the top six finishers or, or whatever, the top finishers going to be on the relay teams. Um, but rules are meant to be broken, right? And if you have Shikari Richardson, who is as elite as she is, and this is nothing coming down from the IOC or WADA about any kind of penalties, uh, you got to find a way to put Richardson on the team. And Honestly, if that means she's the anchor, then then fine. She's the anchor. She's our best runner, right? She's the best sprinter that we have. Um, and so I just wish that the U.S. was a little bit more flexible here and didn't kind of stick to their normal guidelines of their, you know, was ever like right in the, the pecking order from the results of that race gets to go. 
we should be a little bit more flexible here. Shikari should be should be running in Tokyo. So, so Trent, can you explain this to me real quick? Yeah, How can she be say. banned from the Olympics but still be put on the the four by one team? Because so she is banned from the Olympics. Uh, I'm not. I, this is gonna sound stupid in the way I describe it because I probably don't have it correctly or automatically correctly. But the relay is like a selection process by the the USOC. So, so she wasn't able to qualify for the hundred meter because she has been banned like 30 days, like retroactively or all the times that she ran, like her time from that hundred meter race at the trials is thrown out because uh, of her marijuana. So, so her oh, race, her oh, race oh, I understand eliminated. now. Her I understand race is eliminated. Now. However, the US gets to decide who the relay members are. Now they're sticking with their standard thing. And because she is not technically placing at the trials, then she's not being considered at this point to be on the team. Mm. Oh, that that's a real bummer. Okay, that that makes a whole lot more sense. So, yeah, I mean, I guess my take on the whole thing is like, at some point, you have to. The rules are in place, and it's like, I guess you know the rules, right? And you have to follow the rules, and there's nothing you can do about that. But it's just, why this is the Olympics, right? Like we should not be banning people for stuff that's not performance enhancing. I mean, like, what are we doing, right? Like, to me, it's like you're going to ban somebody for drinking alcohol, I, whatever. It, it's a rule. So I guess the, the point of it is Shikari is going to take the hit, but I hope we learn from this and that we, this rule gets changed. Like, that needs to be the outcome of this like we need to start opening our minds a little bit i mean the state that she was in when she smoked the weed it was legal she wasn't literally not doing anything wrong she couldn't have gotten trouble with the law she could it so it just needs it needs to be changed we need to figure something out because we you go down a, a deep deep rabbit hole in my mind when you start making rules for the olympics that are not illegal substances and are not performance enhancing like what are we doing here so i don't know i I hope this is something that sparks change in the sport in the future so that stuff like this doesn't happen again and trent to your point the 30-day suspension thing where it's just like the worst timing ever and like maybe again maybe that's a hit on shikari where it's like oh you know, you, you just qualified for the Olympics. You had 30 days. Like, what were you thinking kind of thing? But at the same time, if it's only sus- suspendable for 30 days, I mean, this could have happened 11 of the other months of the year, and she would have been able to run in the Olympics. So it's just, I don't know, the whole thing seems backwards and crazy. And I don't know. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around the whole thing. Well, I mean, I think I think it's uh, it, it's – the conversations we're having around this are pretty in the, in the, in the public opinions of something like marijuana is pretty new, right? I mean, this is like within the past four to five years that people are able to talk this way about it, you know, up until, you know, up until very recently, this was still an, an illegal substance, um, not a, not a performance enhancing substance, just an illegal substance in, right. you know, in the United States and most of the world. So it's pretty crazy that, you know, we're, we're able to have these conversations and be like, Hey, I can go, I can go down the street and get it legally and use a recreation recreationally wherever I want. And sometimes it takes, you know, that can happen. And then the rules 
you know, from, from other governing bodies change after like significantly after that. So that's my thought. Number one. Um, my other thought is like the 10 K runners don't really have to worry about this. I mean, they're going to sweat all that out. Right. This is, this is, this is, this is where, this is where it pays to be a distance runner. You get that stuff out of your system. That's why I chose distance running. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) All right. Any final thoughts on the Shikari story? Just that it sucks that we don't have her, we don't have Coleman. I mean, I'm not, we're, we're distance guys, but we're, we're losing like two of our best athletes. I mean, and not to mention, obviously, the other people that aren't going to run Shelby, but uh, it's yeah. tough, man. It's tough. Well, I think we're about to get into another story. Yeah. So let, let's get into that one. So there's so much to this story. This is another wild one. Um, the basics of it, Brian McNeil, we're losing another athlete to a five-year suspension. And we're back to the missed drug test stories. These are the, you know, our favorite, our bread and butter. And apparently the, the big drug test was missed because Brian didn't come to the door she was just traumatized after having an abortion and she missed the, the drug tester because of that, which is now what's going to give her a five-year suspension. It was just upheld in court. So again, the same situation that we saw with the Shelby Hulahan thing. It's not just one Olympics, it's two Olympics that she is going to have to miss because of this, you know, this whole dramatic and, you know, really sad story I mean, we're doing it to ourselves again. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to say, if you haven't read the New York Times article on this, you need to pause the podcast and do that immediately. Um, you know, I, I think almost to a fault, whenever I see kind of like a one-sided article, a, a maybe politically motivated article, my instant reaction, even if it's something that I believe, my instant reaction is to seek the other side before I believe whatever I've, I've read. Like I almost have like an adverse reaction, to like really powerful articles I read. It's not a good thing. Like I know that's something like I should, I, I shouldn't always be skeptical of everything I read. Um, this article had, had like more of an impact on me than anything else I've read or anything, any other story that had like an instant impact. Like I was, I was disgusted. I was disgusted by the way that this was handled. I was disgusted by our sport. Um, I felt terrible. I felt I felt terrible for Brianna um, to the point where, like, I read it and I gave I gave the I gave my phone to my wife to read the article. And I was like, "Hey, like, I just can you read this and tell me what you think about this?" And and she like spent five minutes. She read through it and she's like, she's like, and I didn't ta- I didn't tell her anything about it. I just said, "Hey, like, read this. Let me know what you think." And she like handed me the phone back and she's like, I want to cry. She's like, I feel so bad for this. I feel so bad for this girl. I feel so bad for her boyfriend. And, you know, I, 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 the way it went down where, you know, she had this abortion and it was something that she didn't want the world to know about. It's something that she didn't want it because of her religious beliefs, you know, just for her mental health. It's like, it's not something that she wanted to let the world about know about. And like, the, you know, the really sad part about it is like, her career played into part of this decision 
and like, you know, her ability to go to the Olympics and like, you know, she, she kind of saw her career ending, you know, with the timing of this baby. And so it's like a really, really sad story. So this happened. And, um, I, the next day, uh, AIU or, or, or the, the drug testing agency comes to the, or I'm sorry, I guess it would have been USADA or WADA comes to, to knock on her door to do her, her drug test. And like, she's just like, she's recovering. She's traumatized by the whole situation. She just doesn't want to deal with it in that moment. And because of that, AIU investigates slaps a five-year ban on her. And it's just, it's just a terrible story. And we've said it, we've said it from, we've been saying it for two years now that there needs to be another system. Like this stuff can't happen. This girl is supposed to be going to the Olympics, not, not getting a five-year ban and not getting information that was private to her stuff that she wanted to protect something that she wanted to keep in her circle. It's now national news because she has no other option. Um, it's just, it's sad. It makes me angry. It's pathetic. Yeah. Which she does not, you know, want the whole world talking about it, but it's important that we do so that we bring attention to some of these issues and how people are treated. Um, and the inflexibility of some of the rule makers on this, uh, so that, that there's a little bit of change of, you know, uh, processes moving forward to avoid this kind of stuff. I mean, it just makes me so glad that when the Christian Coleman story came out, how we were just on the right side of history by by attacking or realizing kind of how flawed the system was uh, and how people, um, you know, could be screwed by it. And listen, are we going to defend someone who ends up actually having used uh, a performance time drug? Probably. But there's just continues to be stories and stories of people that are being screwed by this current system. Uh, and I am very proud of this podcast and happy that we are on the side of just understanding of, of kind of looking at it, not from the rigid rule book of where exactly someone was at a precise time, but trying to understand there's a human element to this that the uh, AIU is uh, just ignoring. And, 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 and Trent, I want to follow up on that point. Everybody that attacked us about Christian Coleman, everybody that attacked us about Shelby Houlihan, are you willing to admit now that the system is flawed? Listen, we're not saying that, we're not saying that like the people that we've talked about in the past, we're not saying that there isn't a good chance that they're, that they're, uh, they're not guilty, but there's a chance that they're innocent. And that's enough for, for us to say like, hey, this isn't right. We need to stop this. We need to figure out a new system. Um, and so like, yeah, I, you know, we've been, we've been banging this drum since day one. And Hey, you know what? I see a lot of people that were, um, maybe even directly said something to us about our Shelby Houlihan takes or posting stuff about how, you know, uh, attacking the people that were defending Shelby Houlihan that are coming out. And they're the first ones to, to speak up about Shakara Richardson and Brianna McNeil. And, and, and just like, it's hypocritical. We've been on this side since day one. You can't say that, that this stuff is, is, is outrageous and flawed, and you can't say the other stuff is an outrageous flawed. Um, just because maybe this is a little bit more sensational with a little bit more of emotional tie-in, but it's all flawed. It's all flawed. And you know what? I have some, you know, Mike, I want to hear what you have to say, but I have some ideas to fix the system. Yeah, so I, we, we've I never we've never done that before. We've never came with solid ideas. I've I, this has been stewing in my brain 
all weekend. And when I was sitting on the mall, enjoying a couple Miller lights in between the Capitol and the monument, I say, this is the land of freedom. This is the land of opportunity. And you know what? I'm going to fix this problem right now. And I, I'm going to fix it right on this podcast after you, Mike. Yes. I, I just want to say that the, if you are reading that uh, New York Times article and you've never, like you don't really follow track and feel that much, or you don't really understand the drug testing system, I'm sure you're reading that and it's like, how is this even possible? You know what I mean? Like how this makes no sense. Like a girl missed the drug test because she had a traumatic experience. Now you're going to ban her for five years. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't understand all the intricacies of the, how AIU works and the three missed drug tests, now they they have to schedule the show up to your house. Yeah. Yeah. All that. If you don't understand it, it just seems like completely unbelievable and ridiculous. So if to the lay person, if they, if you can just explain this story to them in like the most basic terms and they think this is out of control and crazy, then shouldn't that be a litmus test for like, all right, if the average person can be explained to the system and thinks it's crazy, I don't know how you can read that article and not think this system sounds crazy. If the average person can just see there and be explained and say, this is nuts, then all right maybe there's something to that, right? Like maybe that's a litmus test where it's like, oh, maybe this is nuts. And maybe this is crazy. And it's just like no other sport, no other agency does this. There's just got to be a better way to do this. I mean, we've lost half of our damn team at this point. We're losing people every week. We're losing people left and right. And it's just like, I get it. Everyone has their stories and some of them just could be excuses and they're trying to abuse the appeal system. But there's no way that every of all these stories that every single one of them is guilty, right? I, th- there are people who are innocent who are being punished because of this. I can't pick them out. I can't tell you exactly which ones they are. But there are definitely people who are innocent who are being punished by this system. So it sucks. All right. All right what are your ideas? All right. I am going to fix the drug testing system. And I want you guys to – I want to get your opinions on it. Um, I want the listeners' feedback. I want the two crews' feedback on this idea because I truly think that I've solved it. So, you know, we talked about it during the, during the Shelby Houlihan case where she went and she got a lie detector test, right, um, as a way to kind of prove her innocence. Why don't we start with the lie detector test? If it's before a race, if it's before, after a race, Let's just have lie detectors and, and, and people that know how to work it. Let's start with the lie detector. Now, lie detector isn't perfect. You're going to have some false positives or whatever on there. There's going to be a, people that are able to beat it, right? I mean, there's plenty of people beating the system now. There's a million ways to beat the current system. So it's not positive, but use it as the first filter, right? And if somebody fails the lie detector, then you put them through the system we have in place now. But start with the lie detector as a way to, to skip as a barrier to protect against all the bullshit, right? That, you know, all the, all the crap that's going on right now, just have that be the first step is do the lie detector test. And I'm not saying let that determine if you're, if you're guilty or not guilty, but if you fail the lie detector test, I'm sorry, you're one of the unlucky ones that now has to go through the current, you know, uh, you know, P tests that we have or whatever tests that we have right now. But let's start with something else before we have to get to that point because we've obviously found that the current system isn't working. Thoughts? Love it. 
think of how difficult it would be to beat a lie detector test, you know, right off the, uh, right off the track, your heart rate's already pumping like crazy, right? Like people that can beat these tests are usually ones that are trained in it. It's in a very controlled environment. If you're coming off the track or whatever event that you just did, and you're able to beat a lie detector test, I mean, good on you. And that's impressive, but there's no way you can do it. Or even if we're doing the unannounced home visits, you know, some guy kind of comes knocking at your door, they're spooking you, right? You're in your natural environment. You're, you're having dinner with your kids or something. And then you've got to go take a lie detector test. This is not like you have days prepare for it and get your 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 heart rate down you can control all your emotions um this is innovative steve i'm i'm yeah or 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 maybe it's like once every six months where it's just like all of the the usatf athletes need to report to the headquarters on this day and we put everybody through the lie detector test set have you ever taken performance enhancing drugs are you on whatever questions we need to ask you know to ask and and if you fail I'm sorry, we're not saying that you're guilty, but we, you are now put into the regularly scheduled drug testing program. And if you pass, then you're good for that year. And you don't have to worry about the lie detector test until the following year. You, you know, Steve, what would happen, right? Is you'd have Alberto Salazar hiring people to work for the team to help you pass lie detector tests, right? You'd but, have like people who are like dedicated specialists to help to train you on how to pass a lie detector test. But I think it's harder. I think I, I honestly believe that it's harder to pass a lie detector test than it is to pass like a drug test. Like you, you have these stories of like, you know, I, I had a story. Somebody told me one time of like, you know, people running races with fake bladders, you know, it's more of a, a women's thing than a guy's thing, but fake bladders in them. And then when they go, they essentially poke a hole and they, you know, get rid of the, you know, have the clean urine come out. So there's like plenty of ways to do it. I think it's actually way harder to pass a lie detector test or a fake a lie detector test. So actually, this actually might end up making, truly making the sport clean. Like, I think that this is, this might be the best idea I've ever had in my life. I'm trying to like visualize post marathon, just like 20 booths set up, which is, you know, sweaty, like nauseous runners with the hooked up to the machine. I think it's, I think it's part, it could be part of the experience. It could be hilarious. And I'm on board. I, I, you know, in your little short shorts, taking a lie detector test, you can barely speak. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. And you don't get the, you know, you know, Morgan McDonald told us the story about how it took him like six hours. To pee. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like you don't have those problems. Like it's just, yeah, you sit down and take the lie detector test. You don't have to worry about, you know, getting the, getting, you know, peeing in public. And you don't, you don't not to pour, you know, cold water on the idea here. Cause I love it, but you don't have to totally replace the testing with the lie detector, right? Like they can kind of be a supplement to it. So when you get to these things like the the whereabouts failures, you can then look back at the history of lie detection tests and see has this person passed those with flying colors um, or was there, you know, any kind of sketchy answers in there. So you could take out some of the testing, just supplement this in there. And then when the review boards at the AIU are looking at, maybe there was an extra whereabouts failure for your in-home lie detector test or something like that. They could take into consideration all the like lie detector tests that have been passed before and after that. So, but I don't trust the AIU to take that shit into consideration. <laughs> I don't trust them anymore. Right. That's what I'm saying. Just make it a filter. Just make it a filter. If you pass the lie detector test, you don't have to worry about it. So we, I think we did uh, offer up another alternative in the past, Steve, but I'll just reiterate that one. 
we could always just go the strategy of just stop caring about performance enhancing drugs <laughs> and just get just get super fast and you know break every world record under the sun and how fun make, was the make, home make, run make race the, in the 90s how fun right. was the home run race in the nights? Imagine, imagine the race to imagine the race to be the first human under an hour forty-five in the marathon. That would be exhilarating. Yeah. So yeah, you know what they say? Like if if all shoes are super shoes, then no shoes are super shoes. So give me all the super shoes. Give me all the performance enhancing drugs. Everyone's on a level. Pl- I mean, if you want a level playing field, I mean, boom, there it is. Problem solved. We'll find <laughs> out who we'll find out who the best. Either way, the best athletes are going to win. Right. Because like I said, if everyone's on performance answering drugs, then no one's on. Perform- That's probably the only way actually to have a clean sport is if we just let everybody use performance enhancing drugs. Listen, I, I, mean, I, think, I mean, I think I think we I, we just had some really insightful takes and ways yeah, to people. Like- and now they're like, now they're like, oh, like, oh that's like that. that's the peak too early. I know <laughs> that. Yep, yeah. more references to the to the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire home yeah. run derby or uh, home run chase. You know, home run race. Yeah, that's that's not going to be um, not going to be taken. Well, that's fine. I can I can live with that. Um, all right, are we ready to move on to the next story? Yes. All right, let's see, Trent. Which one do I want to pick out? I could. There, there, there's some interesting ones in here, Trent, that I I, I kind of like. Um, the, it looks like you were digging through the Let's Run message boards a little bit because we have uh, Sarah Hall and Sam Chalango win the Peachtree 10K race, and your headline is the message boards want no U.S. woman to double in the 5K and 10K to give Sarah Hall a spot on the team. What do we think of that? Well, Trent, since you were the one who posed that question, what do you think of that? Do you think that people should not double the Olympics to give people the opportunity to run. Do, do I have to cite my source on who dug the message boards for me? Or do I need <laughs> to pretend like I, I can pretend like I went to the message boards myself for this? Yeah, yeah, no, no, you, you just own it. Pretend like you were in there digging around. Okay, so when I was on the message boards, there's a little bit of talk for this. And, and it happened kind of, I mean, we were talking a little bit as the races were going down. Like if this person doesn't run the 5K, this person doesn't run the 10K. I mean, we had people running dual events on the men's side and the women's side. I don't want to hear it. If you earned a spot in the 5K and the 10K or whatever other double that you could have possibly earned your spot on, then you get to run in both events if you damn so choose. Like you, you earned it. You beat everybody else out there. And based on that, you are our best chance at a medal uh, in Tokyo that day. Um, it's not like the Olympic trials are, are months apart where you're in the 10K and then you have two months to recover. It's all in the same week, just like uh, Tokyo would be. So I want the people that have the best possible chance at getting a medal, at performing well, to be running for the U.S. And so, no, there should be no consideration for let's get Sarah Hall on the team because of uh, how close she's been or, or whatever other reason or, or someone else that that's missed the Olympics, you know, years and years in a row. If these women want to run twice, then people should not be giving them shit for it. Yeah. The, who, who else is in that situation? I know Cooper tier in the five years fourth. who is the guy in the 10 K I'm blanking, but he's a guy who's been fourth a bunch of ben times. True. Yeah. Ben true. Right. Like you could make the same arguments for Sarah for Ben true for Cooper tier, you know, uh, Listen, I'm sure any of them, right, if one of, you know, if Grant uh, Fisher decided, 
you only want to run one of the events. Yeah, I'm sure Ben True would be pumped to go to the Olympics. But do you think that's how any of them want to make the Olympics for for you know somebody to give them the spot just so they can? No, I mean th- these are the most competitive people in the country they're you know out there grinding trying to make olympic teams they don't want to be handed anything they don't want the charity i i don't think sarah hall herself would support this movement like i said if it happened and somebody decided it was in their best interest to only want run one event i'm sure sarah would be thrilled to go to the olympics but she doesn't want to be handed the olympics because someone feels bad for her or because they like her or whatever i mean i can't imagine that's how she wants to make the team this conversation is way too let's runny for me. Let's uh, let's let's move on to the let's move on to that. So I will say I was thinking about this today though. Uh, Grant Fisher on uh, he's 10k and 5k team, which is awesome. Um, something we haven't talked about on the podcast is how when we had him on and we talked about his dual citizenship uh, to Canada, and we were true. like, "Hey, true. are you sure you do, are you sure you don't want to just go to the Olympics uh, to go to Canada so you can like ensure your ticket to the to the uh, to the uh, to the Olympics? So, you know, on the Canadian team." And he's like, "He's like, nah. I, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this the right way." And he goes out and he makes two two teams, just like the swagger to be like. Nah, I'm not taking the easy road. I'm get I'm I'm taking the hard road and I'm making not one, I'm making two teams. It'd be badass if he ran for Team Canada now though. Now that Yeah, yeah, that yeah, would be badass. Actually, I want to wear the, you know, the maple leaf. All right. So I want to talk about this story and Steve put doubt into my mind that it's not a real story, but I'm looking at it on NBCSports.com, and the headline is Usain Bolt to run 800-meter event, but still retired. So, listen, if this isn't true, we'll figure that out later. But for now, I want to pretend like this is true, that that, that Usain is going to train for and run an 800-meter race. And I, and I hope it happens because, listen, how many times have we talked about – and any track fans sitting in a bar talking about even sports fans talk about you know oh how fast do you think Usain Bolt could run a could run a mile you know because Usain Bolt's really the only track person that any regular person knows so people want to know people want to know how fast Bolt can do these distances this would be our first insight to it and I think it would I don't I don't know if we've ever actually had these conversations I feel like we have talked about bolt running distance events um i feel like that's kind of like the the jordan lebron james kind of debate amongst track fans is how fast could usain bolt run a mile but i think if he does run the 800 it'd be fun to watch but i think it would also prove my opinion on that side of the argument that it wouldn't be that fast i think I think he's what 34 years old now so we're not getting quite at the peak but older than that right uh, how old is I think he's 34, 34, 35, I'm pretty sure. So we're not going to get, you know, peaky saying, I bet he still runs pretty fast. Like, I could see him going, I don't know, 34, but he's had time to train for it, right? He's not doing 100 and 200 meter workouts. I always thought, I was kind of on the side of, if Usain would actually train for it, you know, that, that body could, could find a way to run fast in an 800 meter or a mile. Um, I think this is a great event. I'm all in on it. This is like 
tailor-made for just anyone related to track or any kind of track junkie to be gambling on like what kind of time that he can run just kind of a a, a made-up event here to see an all-time legend go out and try and run and I'm, I'm excited for it i think he could run low two at this point i think he can break two i think he can probably run one 157 is that crazy all right so th- that's the difference too right is you say you think he could run fast in the 800. Are we talking fast for like a normal person or a normal athlete? Or like, are we talking, you know, professional half miler type speed? So if you're talking that he can be around like low twos and stuff like that, I would entertain that argument. But to think that like at any point in his career, he could make an Olympic team or something in a mid distance event. I'm not, I'm not going to buy into that. I'm not, I'm not buying that. I'm just saying, I think just, just his physical, natural gifts alone uh it will still be like fun fast like to see a hundred meter guy go out there and break two i I think he could probably do it um i don't think there's a chance in hell this happens i don't know what you guys are talking about (laughs) i love this dick (laughs) there's not a chance and if he does it he's gonna go out and he's gonna jog like a four minute half mile there's not a chance in hell usain bolt like where is this coming from? Like, this would be the biggest, like, I, okay, so I see it on NBC Sports. There's not, there's not a chance in hell Usain Bolt is training for the 800 meters right now. There's not a chance. Like, there's no way. There's no way. He just posted a video the other day of him jogging 10, like, 10 meters, joking about how um, there was a lot of fast times run over the weekend at the trials. The dude's got, like, a beer gut. Like he, he is done. He is living life. There's no way. There is no way in hell Usain Bolt is training for an 800 meter race. It's just not happening. You, you think he would let this publicity get this big without him? You know, it's, it's gotta be some sort of marketing stunt. It, there is no way there is no, what does Usain Bolt have to gain by going out there and racing an 800 meter race, he Wait. only he only has things to lose. He has nothing to gain. No, First I off. don't think he does First have off. anything to lose because it's not going to take away from like his. Yes, he does because there's going to be nerds on Let's Run tearing him apart. Oh, this was like this is like okay, so like it was he was he was on hold on hold on all time cares about the Let's Run message. Yeah, he cares about being swaggy. He cares about being swaggy. This is not a swaggy move. I think he was on like some uh he was on like some morning show or something like a couple years back and everybody was trying to race him and he just let everybody beat him and he kind of jogged in because he's like he's like I'm not going to try like say like I pull a hamstring or say like heaven forbid like I haven't been running say somebody beats me like I can't I can't let that happen so he's just going to like make a spectacle of it and be like yeah congratulations everybody you beat the fastest man in the history of the world Usain Bolt is not going to race 800 meters. I promise you. I promise you that. So I I still think he's going to race it. I think he's going to run fast. But I do think it definitely is part of a marketing stunt. I don't I don't have it up in front of me. I'm trying to find a story. I'm pretty sure he's like racing someone who's like trying to get a car quote or something like that. Like there's going to be somebody like on the telephone on one side of your screen. It's going to be Usain Bolt running on the other is what I am led to understand. So you're right, Steve. Absolutely is a marketing stunt. But 
I still think he can run fast. He's not going to run. He's not going to race 800 meters. It's just not going to happen. He's going to run like he's going to, he might even jog five minutes. There's no way. There's no way he's getting on the line and he's like getting in lane three. And he's like, he's like, oh, baby. He's like, I'm going to run. I'm going to run close to two minutes right now. That's not fucking happening. It's not happening. I'm, I'm holding, I'm holding out hope because I think no. Stop you, telling you stop. It's not no, happening. Any anything you say in Bolt does on the track will get views. So even if it is a marketing just for him to like promote some new Puma swag or something like that, it it's still it's going to draw eyeballs to it, right? So he can go out there if he's if Usain Bolt is running on the track, it's going to draw draw eyeballs. And I think if he's getting on the track, you know, he'll want to put on a little bit of a show. Yeah, I don't. He, I still don't think he's gonna run. Some crazy fast time, but I think you'll want to put on a show. I, I'm sticking okay. with it. Do you think? Do you think Usain Bolt is training for the 800 meters right now? Yes. Yeah. You're you're crazy. There's not a chance. There's not a chance. He's doing his little. You know, he he's 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 got a kid now. He's partying at the clubs. I posted that reel a couple months back of him doing his like his like step up routine, like yeah, you know, like yeah, like his like his like aerobic step up routine. He's not. He's not training. training. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Usain Bolt hasn't run over. Hasn't run more than like two miles in a week in like maybe maybe six years that dude is not training for the 800 800 meters it's not happening and you're crazy if you think he is that hip-hop dance routine he was doing that was explosive training you needed explosive you know box type training for the 800 meters so yeah that was a good start see i'm i'm happy you brought that up actually yeah 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 trental anything else no i'm excited to watch him break too um all right Moving on. I think we're done. Uh, Trent, what else you got on here? You got this mustache mile. Do we want to talk about that? Does anybody have any points they want to make about the mustache mile? I'm just running a little. You go ahead, Trent. Oh, quick point. I'm just psyched to see Craig like right back at it. Like, don't you know? He's gonna take a little time. He's gonna gonna kind of recover from the Olympic trials disappointment. But now he's right back. He's gonna be on ESPN. Craig needs to be in our spotlight. He needs to be, you know, doing fun racing events, things like that. So I'm excited that uh, that Craig just like bounces back, I, and we're gonna see him on ESPN I, in a couple of weeks. I think the more notable thing about it is take Craig out of the occasion. It's still a cool thing for ESPN. You have to qualify for this. You have to be between four minutes and four oh three. So you can't have anybody who's ever broken four minutes in their life, which is kind of electric, actually, right? Because you have. Every single one of the person getting on this line, it's their dream to break four, and they've never never done it before. Live on ESPN, you have – we're not watching, like, the superstars of the sport, but we're watching, like, really good runners who are kind of getting the spotlight. I think it's a really cool event. Obviously, Craig is what's going to bring the eyeballs, and it's a great marketing tool for it. But I think the event standalone, even without Craig, is a super cool idea. I love, I love having – the only people who are allowed to run it are people who are within just a couple seconds of breaking four. I like all it. Right. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to watching it. All right, gentlemen. That's all I got for the news. All right. This was a, this is a fun episode. I think we're running a little bit long here. Um, covered a lot, but uh, yeah, let's, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? Well, Trent, 
kind of stole my thunder because, yeah, I was going to take my time here and complain about how over the weekend I got a dog bite and I was going to, you know, make the people feel bad for me and uh, give my little sob story. But, you know, now I feel like I've lost that opportunity because you got ahead of me with the broken ankle. But, I mean, I don't know. Look at my hand. I got some. Whoa. Yeah, Where did you get that, that, man? Oh, yeah, buddy. Look at that. Oh, see, Steve. Steve's making me feel a little better. What did Trot do, do you? No, no, not not Trot. I was uh, defending defending my puppy from from another dog. And, uh, you know, he, he got me once or twice. And But it's okay. I'm a, I'm a survivor. Um, and now Steve's reaction makes me feel like I actually am, you know, people should feel more sorry for me than they should feel for you. So I'm back. I'm, wait, I'm, wait. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about it again. Give us some more details here. Was the other owner there? Did you end up fighting him? Too? Yeah, no, I know the other owner. I know the other dog. So I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. This is more about me and gaining sympathy for, for, for me, Trent. Um, basically, you know, my puppy and this dog, uh, had, had a little, uh, falling out a little bit and the other dog decided to uh take matters into his own hands and uh my my puppy turtled and was getting his ass kicked and i went in there to 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 save the day and uh i i got caught in crossfire hey mike um i'm uh i'm i'm dialing up our lawyer j mac right now do we need a are we gonna are we gonna take this to court no 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 we 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 settled it off uh offline so we're good all right, a little, little cash settlement. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cash settlement. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? I just want to one-up Michael now. Oh, so no. I broke my ankle, but the bigger concern I had was coming down the stupid mountain, like literally 10 minutes after I heard my ankle snap and I have to crawl down a mountain or scoot on my butt. I get stung by this wasp, and you can still see the mark on my forehead. I should show you guys a picture. This would be a good thing to post. But my face is still a little bit swollen. I'm not sure if you guys can, like, see that over the, the team's call. But this is my good side. This is my swollen side. Yeah. <laughs> and so, see it now. Yeah. And when I take my glasses off, <laughs> you can really see it, man. I, and this is after you broke your – this is on your on the way down from the mountain? I snap my ankle, and then 10 <laughs> minutes later, I get stung by this wasp that I'm apparently pretty allergic to. And my – my like forehead first the pus is all here then it's like spreading down my cheek and my eye and now like i can't really see when i look down out of my right eye uh so yeah mike how about that for this is for bullshit injuries this it, you keep you keep trying to look i talked about my uh my sunburn look at that look at that line you see that line see how bad mike, that you're is? showing us here Showing us your aggressive yeah. hairline right now too. no but look can you yeah, see you that? wouldn't have can a sunburn you, if you had hair there can you see the line i mean that's yeah. pretty bad that's pretty bad, don't you think? That is Damn it, Trent. Well, you know, I guess. Go ahead, Mike. I'm just dealing with the, you know, the most injured guy on planet Earth falling down mountains. I mean, I can't keep up with that. Well, I mean, I guess I'll take this time on my bell app to say that I'm doing fantastic. I mean, <laughs> life is good. I'm feeling good. Like I said, I was down in D.C. this weekend for the 4th of July. I was running on the mall every day. I was doing speed workouts. You know, I just living life feeling good. So, you know, life comes at you hard. You know, you guys, you guys are learning how to be, how to be past your, how to be past your peak. And I'm, I'm thriving in it. So anyways, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation.
situation far away Come around and talk it over So many things that I want to say Oh, I like my girls a little bit old I just want to use your love